0: Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor VanillaSoft with your host Daryl Prale. Join us each week as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales. And sales development. Soon, in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Let's get started. Hey, Daryl. How are you doing, everybody? It's another episode. I love doing these episodes. Now, you guys are probably tired of me saying that because I think I do say it almost every episode, but I love it. I love it because I get killer feedback from you guys. I get lots of really cool ideas. I get a chance to talk to people who are really smart, talented, way more capable than I am. You know, true story. Literally yesterday, I was on a call. I, I had a colleague of mine uh, who I've known for a long time. Uh, she is a VP of sales. And she reached out and said to me, you know, Daryl, can you, can you share with my team? We have a weekly staff meeting. Just, you know, tips and tricks from the sales community. You know, you're you're busy and talking in it and whatnot. You talk to all these smart people. You know, let's talk about, you know, how do I start a phone call or how do I start, you know, an email, or you know, what are tips and tricks and and what about personal branding and all this kind of stuff. So it was really kind of loose, it wasn't structured at all. And we got into it and we did it. And it was awesome. And here's the honest to God truth. In that whole hour, I shared nothing that was mine. I brought up a recent podcast. Jason Bay about the reply method to emails. I brought up another podcast we have with uh, Benjamin Dennehy on, you know, how to handle a cold call. And that kind of that first 30 to 60 seconds and how do you approach it. Talked about some of the stats that we had done in combination with the AISP and Telford School of Management. All I did was share information. And I get this information from these smart people. And I have a really smart one today. And not only is she smart, she's Fun, 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 fun. She's going to make you smile just when she opens her voice and starts talking. So hold that thought. I want to share a real-life story. We're in the process here at VanillaSoft of acquiring some buyer intent solutions. And we've been doing this for a while, but uh, we're looking at a new solution. And so I'm actively in a sales cycle. The way the deal was structured was kind of like, hey, you pay X dollars a month for the first three months. and, And think of that as a proof of concept period. And after three months, if you're happy, it just auto renews for the remainder of the year. But the beauty is if you're not happy after three months, you can get out of jail and you're done. And therefore you don't have to spend a full year upfront of costs. And I like that approach, This is a unique approach. But along the way, I've had a chance to talk to this company. I have my account exec whom I'm dealing with. Of course we're rolling the technology out. So multiple times my ops team have talked to their customer success team to refine the solution, and as we've done this, and we started the whole initiative with great excitement and fanfare, because who doesn't want killer, buyer, intent, data? I mean, come on. The reps were excited, we were excited, and as you might imagine at any deal, we have had some hiccups. And you know, these are not against the vendor, these are just normal hiccups you have in every deal that every single one of you reps face every single day as you try to close the deal. And what I've loved about this experience so far is that even though I'm not a full-fledged customer yet, because we haven't hit that three-month period, I've had not only the customer success team and the account exec involved in it, I've had the CEO involved in it, too. He's pinging me on LinkedIn. He's reaching out to me occasionally. Just this morning, we had a video Zoom meeting to talk about some of the challenges we had. The CEO was on it. And afterwards, the CEO sends me a note to say, hey, Daryl, I just want you to know that, yes, we're, we're stumbling, we're having some challenges, But I really appreciate your patience with us and I appreciate the fact that you're giving us this feedback on our product so we can grow it. And no matter what happens, thank you. That's been my customer experience with this sales situation. That is not my typical customer experience. Usually I'm a transaction. The SDR comes in, lines me up, gets me the appointment, I got on the aid, are you in, are you out? Bing, bang, boom, done. I have to accommodate their schedule. I have to accommodate their terms and conditions. There's no middle ground. There's no, there's no nothing. Are you in or are you out? Cause I got to move on if you're not in. And I feel like a piece of meat. I feel like a transaction. I do not feel like a partnership. They are not treating me like a customer. Now I'm not one yet because it's a sales process, but I want to feel like a customer. I want to feel like a partnership. So that asks the question when you approach your sales cycle, do you approach it? With a customer service attitude, do you bring in all the various people? Do you bring in the influencers? Do you touch them across multiple channels? Do you convey this as a partnership? Do you work together to make this happen? Or are you just a numbers person working through the, you know, I got to do so many pieces of activities. I'm going to have some deals fall to the wayside, but some will close and I move on. And, you know, boom, I'm working it. That's it. And it's, it's not personal. It's just business. Well, that's where my guest comes in. Allison. Edgar. Are you already smiling? Allison Edgar. She's brilliant. She's fun. She loves to wear pink if you haven't noticed. Follow her on LinkedIn if you haven't done that yet because you'll be delighted. She's got a lot of different brands. As it relates to today's conversation, you know, I'll refer to her as, you know, the premier power voice, the the leader behind sales coaching solutions. But more than that, of course, she's also a best-selling author, a major speaker. She has another brand called The Entrepreneur's Godmother where she just takes these entrepreneurs under her wings and helps them out. And when you do that, it's all about helping them out on the sales side and helping them grow their customers. So today, Allison, if you haven't fallen asleep on me yet, I need you, please, to talk to me about how my audience can learn from you and sales coaching solutions on how to approach the sales process with a customer service centricity. Are you there, my friend?
1: I am here, ready and waiting and excited. Thank you so much, Daryl, for having me on your show. It means a lot, Um, especially having seen you face-to-face and working with you in London. So such a pleasure and an honour. So yeah, it's interesting. My background is actually sales. So, So I come from a corporate sales background. And one of the things when I worked in corporate, they all had A mission statement and a vision statement. But as an employee, these things were just things you had to learn to kind of get the job. You didn't, for me, I didn't feel it from my heart and passion. So when I started the business and I had to start and create a mission statement, I had no idea where to begin. So I had to reflect inwards to think, what are my values and what are the things that I want people to learn from me? And I genuinely believe when it's delivered correctly, that sales and customer service is exactly the same thing. And I think one of the top tips I'd like the listeners to take away from our session today.
0: So there's going to be a lot of people who are going to push back on this right away, right? They're going to say, well, how can sales and customer service be the same thing? They have different mandates. They have different skill sets. They have different objectives. Do they not? Let's just get that out of the way. You say it's the same thing. Others may push back on that. Convince me that you're right and they're
1: wrong. Yeah, so one of the things, if you look, one of the topics in the book is around sales process. So again, there'll be a lot of people listening who have got their own versions of sales process. And one of the, the ways that I describe it is like manufacturing. So if you look at the Tesla car, for example, when they make the cars, they go through manufacturing. And in theory, at the end of the production line, you will have a finished product but not everything goes through quality control and that's like sales you know you are not going to sell to everyone it it doesn't hit the remit but what i do think is you need to believe in what you're selling because if you don't believe in your product or service you are really going to struggle to convince people that that's the right thing for them and if you know from your heart of hearts, if you know what you sell is the solution to that person's problem, I'm sorry, but that's not sales. That's just delivering a really good customer service. So you talked at the air, um, you know, at the beginning of your introduction about a company who can actually provide a solution to be able to help you to get to market or, you know, whatever it is you want to do. That's not sales. They've created a need. So it's the same thing. And again, you know, the CEO was on the call. They really want the feedback. They've got growth mindset to really get the product right so that it hits what you need bang on the head. That's not sales.
0: Let's break that down a little bit because I love what you're saying, but you're saying a lot. You're saying, you know, so let's break this down. One, you have to really believe that what you're representing can make a substantive difference in the lives of the customer. That's number one, Before, you know, assuming they become a customer, that it is that Im- impactful that it makes a difference. So I will ask those who are listening, do you believe that? And if you don't believe that, why not? Is that because you've had a lot of bad deployments? Have you shared that with your teams? Are you aware of the good deployments and how they have dramatically changed the life and the outcomes with the customer? If not, they've gotta be out there because you're still in business. So go talk to the people in your company who can give you those stories, can introduce you to those people. Call those customers up directly and say, I just want to pick your brain so I understand. So I want to share your good success with those others who are looking to achieve what you've achieved. In other words, you've got to educate yourself on why your solution is huge. The other thing you're saying is, Allison, I've heard you say you don't know for two, is that the sales rep, the whether it's an SDR or an accounting executive, has helped paint a picture with the prospect that they have this killer thing and it will make their life better and the prospect is excited. The prospect understands they have pains because that's part of the dialogue taking place and they understand that you may have something to help reduce the pain they're feeling. So I've heard you say those two things. But what about, I guess, item number three, which is does a customer service approach affect the way I engage with them to qualify them in in working through the cycle? Do I do it differently? Like You heard me talk about how I feel often I'm a transaction, but I don't feel this way with this customer. I feel like they're a partner. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's a really interesting one because another part of the, the things that I
0: teach is around
1: behaviors. I talk about the DISC behavior model. So some people are task focused, some people are relationship focused, some people are introvert and some people are extrovert based on Carl Jung's psychology, William Moulton-Marson's disc. And we look at like the Reds. So they're task-focused. They're really quick. They make decisions quickly, but sometimes lack detail. Then you've got your Yellows, who are the relationship-focused extroverts. And they love to talk. It's like they're leading the Disney parade. And again, on the extrovert side, then you move into the introverts, So again, you've got the green. So that's the relationship focused introverts. So you can hear my tone and my pace. It's just a little bit slower because they are very reflective. They won't make decisions quickly. They'll have to consider everybody else in the organization before they'll make a purchase. They really need a lot of reassurance. Then you come to the blues are the task-focused introverts, and those are the ones who are usually in the procurement role. So they need to know the minute details, the millimetres, the seconds. So they need all that detail. And if you have a look at that, so again, the line that I use is I ask people to think, who was brought up to treat other people the way they want to be treated? And most people will put up their hands and most people will say, yeah, my parent or guardian, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. I think that is rubbish. It's BS. Do not treat people how you want to be treated. Treat them how they want to be treated. And I think that's a fundamental flaw when it comes to good sales and good service. That Again, the over apologetic greens, would be, "Oh, I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry. And the reds are like just cut to the chase. So again, it's really, really getting a deep dive into those behaviours that I find do help salespeople. I mean, I know for a fact that's probably the most popular bit of the book. And it's the bit of the book that people comment around most. And it's the bit which really puts the way we were brought up on its head, to be fair.
0: I love everything you're saying. I'm reminded of something that Benjamin Dennehy says often, which is not unrelated here. He'll say the reason what we suck at sales sometimes is because it's our parents' fault, because our parents taught us to be polite and respectful. And of course, when you're in the sales role, you're not always that. You have to be disruptive. You're, you are an interruption. You are a distraction. So you have to overcome some of those things. It's all about psychology. But you've really intrigued me here on the introvert versus the extroverts. Definitely made a bold statement where you've said, don't treat others the way you wanna be treated, treat them how they wanna be treated. I wanna explore both of those, and we're gonna do that when we come back from our break. Stay there.
2: CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time and make less than two attempts to contact them. And they're only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is an engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing-qualified leads into sales-qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more by ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds persistently and with the cadence that's optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com.
0: All right, so let's explore this whole concept of introverts and extroverts, which is because you changed your, your delivery, you changed your pace, you changed your intonations, you changed your volume when you were giving me that based on, you know, the colors or the introverts and extroverts. Would you say that's the same as mirroring just to have that conversation?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it is very similar because it, you know, we've obviously, i changed my tone and my pace. And again, this is an interesting thing where I look at sales when I'm training salespeople, a lot of especially the the reds, the, the red customers, they'll tell you what you want. But we all know it's not what the customer wants. It's really what the customer needs. And I call it leading the dance. So it's really important that every salesperson leads the dance. And the reds will want it to be like a tangle, do, 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 and they want it fast, whereas actually, the salesperson has to really try and slow it down a little bit, but still keep it engaged. And then the greens, they want the fox they want it all slow and nice. (laughs) And again, as the salesperson, you've really got to kind of just keep that pace going, but... Really, it's not rocket science. And it's really interesting, you know, coming back to what you were saying about Benjamin. I still see time and time and time again, people asking closed questions. And I do, you know, I talk about when I do a live session, I'll go, who in the room's got children? Some people put up their hands and I'll go, who in the room's ever been a child? Woo! And we get 100% of hands. And I say, right, okay, who's got a two-year-old or a three-year-old? And some people will put out their hands and I'll say right what's the first question that they learn to ask? You know, someone in the room will pipe up why? And this like Darrow, I literally cannot explain how passionate I am about this because we were not taught to say why. We were born as sponges. We were asking open questions. Who, what, why, where, when, how, who, what, why, where, when, how. And that's just a salesperson's dream. But from the age of like four years old, when we went to school, I don't blame the parents. I blame the teachers. Sorry, any ex-teachers that are out there. But 30 kids in a class all going, why, what, where, when, how, what, why, where. You're told to sit down, be quiet, put up your hand. Please, may I? Uh, can I? I? Will I? Would you like me to send an email to com? Would you like me to do this? Would you like me to do that? Literally, you know, we have to disrupt, but it's not disrupting. It's thinking like a child. I, again, so many, I could talk all day. I just love sales and it's my favorite topic. So, and that's where again, you know, bringing it back to sales and customer service being exactly the same thing, you know, really powerful, open questions. So what challenges are you having in your business? What prompted you to contact us? Oh, so just out of interest, if you were looking to do something over the next 12 months, what would the shape of that look like? Oh, and why is that? So many people still. Just get stuck at close questions. And to me, by asking a close question, boom, that's really bad service. And that is really bad sales.
0: You should be doing a lot more listening than you are talking. And in open-ended questions will we'll definitely generate. Summarizing somewhat what I'm hearing you saying is kind of part of being a customer-centric mentality when you're selling is, is meeting the customer where they're at, as opposed to trying to shoehorn it into where you want them to be. Just for shoots and giggles here, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Yeah. Keenan in his gap selling, will say mirroring is BS. No such thing as mirroring. I'm you, you're me. Let's just be people. Now I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, I've heard you say, you know, meet them where they're at, whether they're an introvert or, or, or an extrovert, et cetera. The foxtrot, the bolts, whatever. I guess, how do you respond to that? Because if I'm listening to this right now, I'm feeling like, you know, I, I love Keenan and this Allison woman seems so much fun and so smart i'm conflicted which way do i go so i guess how do you respond to that because i'm sure you've been asked this question before
1: yeah i mean for me it's interesting because i did watch actually the interview interview with keenan and in my head i'm going i completely disagree um it's about mirroring but with your own messaging does that make sense so if you look at keenan and again i'm going to put the hands up there is a bit of a caveat between selling in the uk and North yes, America, there is. so Absolutely. the red, So, you know, I will put up my hand. But you know, would Keenan the way that he works, would that work particularly well in the UK? Damn, Tootin right, it would work with the Reds because he is a red. You know, he's a red, <laughs> yellow. He's all on. Yes, it. he would. But if that was a blue and head of procurement who needs the nitty gritty detail, and he's just winging in there with why they should buy it. He ain't going to sell, you know. And the same with the greens. And you know, when we look at the the hierarchy of sales, again, we call it the man, money, authority, needs, the influence of the gatekeeper. Do the greens usually sit at the top of the tree? No, they're not. But usually, they've got the ear. You know, they're really strong influencers for decisions. And that whole pushy, pushy in your face, that wouldn't work. So again, his wording that he says would still be accurate. But the tone and the pace and the listening, because again, I know that again, a lot of the Keenan stuff is a lot, you know, he talks a lot, he's very motivational, but you know, if we did a listening quiz, could he really interrogate the listening skills? And I think it's the two ears, one mouth. And I'm again, I've never met Keenan and I'm not slagging him off. I promise he's one of your American sales or a Canadian, North American sales heroes, but. Does that work particularly well in the UK? It works with some people, but not with others.
0: I think the important thing is, you know, talking about, you know, UK or, or or American or Canadian or North American, I think we got to understand is that, you know, right now, whether, it's, whether it is Europe, UK or North America, we all have become melting pots. And that's the fact of the matter is you don't know the ethnicity, the cultural influences or the background of the individual until you connect with them. And so, therefore, I would send a side yeah, to you. Yeah, I mean, for me, you to I would be sensitive to that. say I that I love adaption, you, so. I love everything you're saying there. So let's kind of move it along a little bit here. From a customer-centric point of view, are there tools I can use to better connect with my prospects in a customer-centric way?
1: I mean, it's interesting. So we do a thing called LinkedIn in color. Some of you may use Crystal Nose on um, LinkedIn. So to me, I pretty much, you know, there's the odd caveat in there, I can't, but I can look at somebody's LinkedIn profile photo and they're, they're wording to see whether they're extrovert, introvert, blue, green, yellow or red. And the message that I send will trigger more reactions based on their colour. So again, if it's a yellow, which would be, and I'm sure we've all seen them on LinkedIn, pina colada and a selfie. It's all about me. So if I go in there with like a really kind of dull, um, you know, dredgy, too formal message I'm not going to they're not going to buy into me even at LinkedIn and again what we do with the, the teams I work with we can store that information on the CRM again another sort of um, thing about this like color is in the eye of the beholder so if you're a high red and someone's a green, they may see them as a red. You know, it's how you perceive the colour of that person. So if you're sharing a CRM, it's not always accurate. But again, I think the individual messaging and, you know, if it is a relationship focused, so if it is a yellow or a green, you know, you can really wow them with remembering the facts about their kids' names. And that's where, again, those facts do not really hit the button with the task focus, they don't care that you remember that they went to Oslo for their holidays, that, you know, it they're too busy trying to cut to the chase and get the deal or get you out of the office. It's when you use that. And I think a lot of salespeople, it's one size fits all. So, oh, I see you support the Maple Leafs and let's talk about hockey or let's do this. But again, that just, they don't adapt. They don't pick up the nuances behind it. And I think that's where the psychology comes into play.
0: I'm just impressed that you just dropped an ice hockey reference and you actually knew the name of a team. That's impressive. Look at you. By the way, the maple leaf sucks. Just so we're clear on that. You do
1: all this. It's called doing your research, Harold. Doing your research. sales process, surely.
0: You do all this, right? You approach the customer-centric mentality. You, know, you, you, you treat them how they want to be treated. You use tools like LinkedIn to make an assessment on how to engage with them. Despite all that, they still say no. Now what?
1: Yeah. So again, you know, timing is everything. And I think, you know, part of the book, I talk about the stars. They stay focused. They're tenacious. They're always positive. They're resilient. And that equals success. I did say it's like manufacturing. Some people are going to go through and you cannot close those sales. But it's about how you keep that relationship open It was so interesting so I ran an open course in the beautiful city of Bath yesterday um, and it's just it was quite an elite course so only 10 people again quite a few people are in it's in demand a lot of people want to work with me in small numbers but we sent it out to our database and again we talk about the difference between sales and marketing is like golf so marketing sort of set it up and sales are the closers And then you've got things like Amazon and eBay, as you were talking about earlier, the enterprise sales, the transactional stuff. To me, that's not sales, that's just marketing because, you know, you've not had any human interaction in there. So the guy booked to come on the course, Daryl, and literally you could have blown us away with a feather because I practice what I teach. 99% of the sales comes from me being proactively outbound and looking for new clients. The guy turned up on the course and I said, oh, just out of interest, you know, how did you hear about me? And he said, oh, I heard you speak at QuickBooks Connect, so part of Intuit. And I said, that was almost three years ago. And he said, yeah, yeah, I've been reading your stuff, Alison. And he said, it's just that the timing wasn't right. So I think that's an important thing. You know, when you are proactively selling, they might already have just signed up with a new supplier, they may be happy with the supplier and yet you'd phone back maybe six months time, the buyer's changed or they've fallen out with the supplier. So it's always, and again, this is where the customer service angle comes in. You know, I've seen salespeople who literally have huge humdinger rows with the client, put the phone down and can never go back from there. It's always about being tenacious, go back around the objection handling. Oh, yeah. And why did you think that is? And, you know, oh, what does that mean? And how does that work? And again, funnily enough, it's that old open question dilemma. Again, looking at that, that's what my thoughts are. Just always keep the relationship and always have something new to go back with. They're posting on LinkedIn and they've said, oh, look, you know, they're doing this, you know, comment on it and say, oh, actually, I found this complimentary article you know, what's going on? It's been a while since we spoke. What's new in your world? I love that. I use it a lot on LinkedIn. What's new in your world? And they'll come back and tell me what they're working on. And again, I can try and ooze that back to a call or a face to face meeting or, you know, something that I can just keep that thread open with.
0: We could talk for forever. I know when Alison and I were prepping this call, we literally said this is going to, we almost need more shows. So I'm going to have Alison back. You guys have homework. I want you to go to Amazon, whatever bookseller you want to, and source Secrets of Successful Sales. Best-selling book she's written. She's amazing. This is a good investment of your time. Allison. as I knew was going to happen, we've run out of time, but I've loved everything we've talked about. Thank you for joining us. If they want to reach you, what's the best way to connect?
1: AllisonEdgar.com is the website, and the theentrepreneursgodmother.com or find me on LinkedIn. I'm all over it like a rash, Alison Edgar, and the book is Secrets of Successful Sales. And please just reach out because I'm really accessible and I love to chat about sales.
0: With that, we're out of time, folks. Next week, don't go anywhere. My name is Daryl Prail. I'm with Vanilla Soft. Happy selling. You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales. Hosted by Daryl Prail, the CMO of Vanilla Soft.